You know, I'm a big fan of Hank Williams Jr. He said six words one time that really, really resonate with me. I was going to say, let me guess. Is that what you're going to guess? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hank Williams Jr. said it best. Yes, Hank. I am ready for some football. Tonight's the night, Rowdy. Packers preseason game number one against the Niners. I know it's preseason, but it's still football, goddammit. So we're talking about preseason football. We're talking about the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers just celebrated their 103rd year of existence. Oh, by the way, uh, what is it? Nine more days till Sister Jean turns Yeah, nine more days until Sister Jean also turns 103. Yeah, well, happy belated birthday to the Packers, 103 years old. But I saw a stat, because you know we like to gamble a little bit on this show. Every day, twice a day, 650, 850. I saw a stat about preseason football. Yeah, what's the stat? And it was on the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, we like, like I said, we like to gamble a little bit. Uh, we got to put this one in the back of the mind here. Adam Schefter tweeted out last night after beating the Titans 23 to 10 tonight, the Ravens have now won an NFL record 21 straight preseason games. What? Last time Baltimore lost in the preseason was 2016. What? I They're can't, juggernauts in the preseason. I can't, A, I can't believe, well, I, I can believe, but I can't believe people keep track of that or care about it, but that's wild. So They're undefeated since 2016 in preseason. So Holy you know sh- that uh, Jim Harbaugh, wow. head coach for Michigan, his Bre- brother wow. John Harbaugh is the coach for uh-huh. Baltimore. Now, both of those guys, like Jim Harbaugh, Unbelievable. when he plays like lesser competition and knows that he can beat them down. He's known as a bully when it comes to gambling because gamblers love him because they know they're going to get a cover if they can destroy the other team because he goes for the throat and keeps the foot down. Just keep stomping. Now his brother kind of the same thing, but obviously in the NFL ranks, you don't necessarily have those scores where you can win 60 to six. Yeah. But he's another guy that likes to, when he can win, he's going in for the win. I guess I didn't realize that wow. he was that much of a keep the foot on the pedal, as in we're not so, losing a preseason game since 2016. So question for you then, Rowdy. Uh, I'm looking here. Packers they, have to win tonight. They, they gotta. Are you going to bet on it in the Razor's Edge? No. <laughs> Rowdy does have his Packers shirt on. His Super Bowl Super champions. Super Bowl champs. I have my, the, the shirt's kind of getting old. Well, that's a classic. I mean, it's from what? 2010, 2011, 2011. Like I said, it's getting old. That's a beautiful shirt. Need I got my Stone Cold Steve it. Austin shirt on. Yeah, we got to update it this year. This well, in 2023 is when we get the Super Bowl shirt. Uh, but Rowdy, let me ask you then: uh, the Baltimore Ravens do tune up the Tennessee Titans 23 to 10 next Sunday. Saw a lot of people, a lot of people loving uh, Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. Obviously, Malik the, Willis is, has arrived. He's he like, was the guy that he corked one big touchdown. Yeah, he was the guy that was creeping up boards late in that draft process, and everyone started to fall in love with him, saying this could be the guy that actually is the best quarterback out of this draft when it's all said and done. Saw a lot of love for Willis last night. I did not watch the game. I saw the one highlight of Malik Willis just uncorking a bomb downfield and everyone anointed him like the next greatest quarterback of all time. And then I said to myself, it's the first preseason game again, preseason. But Rowdy, let me ask you with the Baltimore Ravens, not losing since 2016 in preseason before that, will you be betting on the Ravens to beat the Cardinals next uh, Sunday, August 21st in preseason action? 
might be something we have to look into. I'm just, I'm just saying, planting the seed. If if they haven't lost a preseason game since 2016, oh my god! All right, so yes, preseason. We got ourselves though a little game against the Niners tonight. Trey Lance getting the nod for the San Francisco 49ers. He is the future of that franchise, and Jordan Love for the Packers. And you were asking just the other day, how long do you think Trey Lance is going to play? Yeah. Just because it sounds like they're going to make him the starter. Yeah, Jimmy, the Jimmy G is now on the trading block, but hasn't been traded. No. Which is bizarre. Which, yeah, because he's clearly still on their their cap. Yep. And he's a guy that's been a starter. Oof. Whenever, when did they trade him from the Patriots to San Francisco? It's been a minute. It has. It's been not a like it was just a year or two ago. It has. That's, been a, a, that's a weird situation, and you know who ends up playing more: Jordan Love, a guy that we know is clearly the number two, or Trey Lance, who by all accounts they're saying is the number one. I'll go with Jordan Love. But, I think Jordan uh, Love, but I think Lance does get some run. I, I mean, do what do you think? They both play a half. I know Jordan Love's going to play a half. You think Trey Lance just goes one quarter? Two quarters, three quarters. I don't know. It's weird because do you really, if you're the 49ers, do you really want to throw Jimmy G out there? You know what he is. Why he's, would you? He's going to trade him. He's a proven commodity. You don't want all of it. Like you said, you don't want to get him hurt. Yeah. You know what you have in Jimmy G. What? Yeah. Why would you? I don't think Jimmy G even But also, you don't, you don't want to get Trey Lance hurt. Does Jimmy G suit him, up? Is he on the sidelines suited up? <laughs> but you got to get him some run. You think Jimmy G suited up on the sideline? Who's the third stringer? Is CJ Beathard still there? Oh God! Let's who, see here. Who's who is that third string quarterback? I don't, I don't know. Quarterback? Yeah, I have no idea. Let's see. Jimmy Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. So Iowa State. Nate Sudfeld. Okay. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Sudfeld and Purdy then. <laughs> Trey Lance, maximum a half, and then a little Purdy. And a little sun-filled. For the Packers, though, you're going to see just two quarterbacks. You ain't going to be seeing no Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be seeing Jordan Love and then Danny Etling. Woo! Okay, so throughout this season, since we're talking Packers quarterbacks, how many times do you think we see Blake Bortles appear on the Green Bay Packers roster? <laughs> I, I think he's. I think he's done. I think he's done. I think he's done. I think. Uh, I think they uh, told Blake to go out the pasture. Remember, he so was you're playing done. You're golf, playing golf, golf last year. Focus on your golf season. Yeah, he was said he was going to get a. Was it a double bogey or a, bo- a bogey putt? And right before he was going to putt, the Packers called him and he said it saved me from a. Du- I think it was a double bogey. Yeah, it saved me from a double bogey. And I think it was like he, something he like, along the lines of that story was. I was, I think it was, I was, I think it was a bogey. I was putting for bogey. I got the phone call from my agent saying, Hey, Packers want you up in camp with they they want you to throw some footballs. And I picked it up for par. Yeah. And then then he literally got on a jet and flew to green Bay. I guess someone could pack my bags for me. I'm going to green Bay. And then he threw, then he threw balls and it was an extra arm at practice for like a month or two. Then they cut him, but then they picked him back up when they had an injury. (laughs) Yeah. Blake Bortles is a free agent. So he is available. Blake Bortles is available. I mean, you think the quarterback room, obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is going to be Jordan Love. Is it going to be Danny at length of the whole year? Kurt Benkert got in, what, for two kneel downs in a game? And then the Packers said, see you. Who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? If you're behind Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers clearly the reigning MVP, a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champ, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. 
and then you're behind Jordan Love, first round pick, guy that the Packers <laughs> think could be their future. I'm sorry, but you really don't have any room to play outside yeah. of some of these preseason games no. when they just need a body. Even if you're Jordan Love, you don't have any time to play either unless it's these preseason games. Because let's be honest with ourselves. If Jordan Love is playing in the regular season, the Packers are dead in the water. They're and done. Probably a good point. Blake Bortles is probably done with the Packers because yeah. remember, you remember whose boy he was. Yeah, he was uh, Nathaniel Hackett's boy. Yeah, because that was when Nathaniel Hackett was the OC quarterbacks coach in Jacksonville when uh, Blake Bortles was the quarterback there when he was a young guy in, what, 2017, 2018? So, yeah, that's Rowdy. Well done. Nathaniel Hackett. So so we might see him surface in Denver. Yeah. uh, If Russell Wilson goes down, (laughs) they're going to have uh, maybe a call to, well, who the hell's the backup quarterback in Denver behind Russ? Is it still Trevor Simeon? Or no, is he in... well, they traded Drew Locke. Yeah, so. Drew Locke's now his in a quarterback battle with freaking uh, uh, Geno Smith. Russell Wilson, Josh Johnson, and Brett, uh, I always mess this guy's last name, Ripen, Ripen, R-Y-P-I-E-N. Yeah, so nobodies. Yeah. <laughs> Blake might get a call. <laughs> Blake might get the call. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So. I'm actually excited for tonight. I'm very, no, I'm very excited. It's 730. It's the later game. It's on NFL Network. Yeah, 7.30 tonight, NFL Network. We're going to have ourselves Packer football on TV. Listen, I'm excited to see what Jordan Love can do, but at the end of the day, if Jordan Love is in playing games, meaningful games, the Packers are, are dead. Here's what I want to see. Romeo, I'm most excited to see how I actually good his don't defense feel is. Way. Romeo Dobbs. About what? About Jordan Love playing, the Packers are absolutely dead. I feel like with Jordan Love, he didn't look good in that Chiefs game, he didn't look good in that Detroit Lions game. We've heard the hype about his footwork improving, some of his reads improving already. We know that Aaron Rodgers has mentioned Tom Clemens was a huge, huge factor when he was young and he was developing. He's now back. Yeah. All of a sudden, Jordan Love is taking steps. Is it Tom Clemens? Is it Jordan Love? Is it a little of both? Who knows? But I feel like at least with Jordan Love, you have a guy that has a ceiling, that has some ability, that has a and big arm. he's been arm. making jumps into the third year, well, He has a big arm. When you're talking about some of the backups that the Packers have had post-Brett Favre behind Aaron Rodgers, those are guys that really didn't make it in the league very long. Like, we all love Scott Tolzien because he was a great Badger. One of the better uh, Badger quarterbacks, oh, yeah. you know, in, in the recent t- times. Scotty T. He's on the, the, the Cowboys staff now. But let's be honest. He wasn't going to win a ton of football games. No. I mean, Seneca Wallace, that's not a guy that was going to be asked to win a ton of football games. Joe Callahan, despite Mike McCarthy saying the quarterback room is exactly where he liked it. (laughs) Did you hear the question I just answered? Wasn't going to win a lot of football games. What about this guy? You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley. Not great. Statistically not great. He'll tell you that much. Like they were, they were just looking anywhere to find a quarterback at that one point. And then Matt Flynn stepped up, and Matt Flynn was serviceable hey, for had, the time uh, being. But what, six touchdowns in a game. His his second time around in Green Bay. Come on, he was even a shell of get, what Matt Flynn get, was the first get, time. Get, come on, come on. Come at come least on. Jordan Love gives you some upside, and it's a young guy that you can hopefully still yeah. mold. Those other guys were. Either has beens in the Matt Flynn's <laughs> or the, or the never, never was. And if you believe the uh, the scuttlebutt rowdy, it would be the likes of like, uh, well, Aaron Rodgers was talking about parallels between him and Brett Favre, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers and parallels with Jordan Love making not you know contention in the locker room, but the fact that 
Jordan loves making steps like Aaron Rodgers did sitting behind Brett Favre. If you get down with that. So I'm sure Jordan love kind of came in and was trying to be like at least, uh, you know, buddies or kind of like that work relationship where you get along. Yeah. I don't think Jordan love was the type of guy that would come in and say to Aaron Rodgers, what's up grandpa. No, I don't think so either. Jordan love seems very soft spoken. And I kind of want to, you know how we talked about Aaron Rodgers early in his career and honestly, probably for most of his career until the last two, three years where he's kind of changed a little bit, kind of more relaxed, giving guys a little bit more patience and everything. What do you think Aaron Rodgers pre 2020 would have thought if a younger guy like a Jordan love came in and said, what's up grandpa to him. Oh, he would have cocked off. He would have, he would have been just like Favre. He would have been pissed. Yeah, he would have been pissed. He would have been, he'd been trying to bury him. He's he, still, I think still deep down. If someone would have said that to him like this year, he probably would have kept it in the back of his mind and been yeah. like, but he probably would have laughed it off at the surface. Rogers now has uh, unconditional love for everyone. He's really opened up himself to more love with these ayahuasca and mushroom and trips and whatever. But yeah, pre this stuff, I, if if Jordan Love were to came in years ago and did that and said that to Rogers, Rogers would be like, dude, I, I'll make sure you're not on this team anymore. You're done. And in, in that way, it's like he's kind of similar to Favre. It's like they're aging really good players, but at the same time, to get to that level, a lot of these guys do have egos. Yeah, because that's what helped get them there. Totally. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers does it. Yeah, he's got a big old ego. Uh, so, Rowdy, when you do those big psychedelic trips, as Rodgers does, a, there is a thing called ego death. You should look into it. Ego, not saying you have a big ego, ego, but there's a thing called ego death when you do big psychological uh, psychedelic trips. Dave, I'm so sorry. Time just has no meaning for me anymore. Uh, but I know my time is precious at 740s on Fridays with you. I do know that, Dave. Well, you, you, you need to aim higher. Like the Air Force. Well, they were saying last Friday when I was golfing, trying to get over some trees when I was in the Yeah, you know, you know, speaking of that, I heard, actually what happened is, I wish you would have told me that you weren't going to play 18 holes. Oh. I mean, it would have been, been insider trading. But as soon as you left, um, the in-game line uh, dropped for a team to, from, from like plus one to minus two. I, I should have bet. I would have, I would have, I would have bet that before the line moved. Dave, don't let, don't let the fake news and the haters of which there are many out there and losers say, say things about this. I was not the reason why we weren't doing good. Okay. Once I left, that's not fake news. It's factual. There is another golfer. I won't name any names, Ben Kenny, but there's another golfer that when I wasn't looking or wasn't around, he did better. So I was too intimidating of a good golfer for this other individual. So now once I left, that's that Dave, but there was also another Dave that's a listener that was following us around. He's blind and he was still not around and he did better too, but Dave could never see him. So I don't get this looking. And I had him. to put some young whippersnapper on the radio. We had to make sure he was on it. It was, I did not want to leave the golf course. I just had to because of work. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> I guess you're on the golf course always working. No, I mean, it, it's just like, it's just like betting, you know, there's two sides to every story. Well, was, Dave, it, was, it a, was it a bad loss or a good win? <laughs> Dave Essler joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter. It's a great follow. Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. One of the greatest handicappers in the world. Uh, pregame.com as well. Dave, give us a little juicy nugget that you got cooking. And I want Rowdy to give you one of his juicy nuggets. What do you got for us, Dave? Well, you know, I'm, I'm starting to lean a little more into the NFL, believe it or not. You're going to take I the mean, Packers tonight? Oh, real quick, Dave, did you see that stat, speaking of the NFL preseason with the 
Baltimore Ravens not losing a preseason game now since 2016? Yeah, I mean, I was all over them last night. I mean, Jim Harbaugh um, is like 71% in the preseason. You know, he's he's this generation's version of Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. You and play to win the game. There you go. I mean, and then there's guys that historically are bad. Um, I'm trying to, you know, Balachek's barely over five. Pete Carroll is historically good. Um, uh, Zimmer uh, for the Vikings is historically good. So I think you know people don't like to bet NFL preseason, or they say it's unpredictable, or yada yada yada. But I think it's easier because they tell you who's going to play if you look at a quarterback rotations. Yeah, and and then you look at, at teams like okay, well you you know you guys follow the Packers, duh, and oh, you know, it's God's gift of football. It's America's team, Dave. I get that. I get that. Um, but there's still a point spread for a reason. Um, you know, is Rogers going to play? I, I don't know. Probably not. No. Uh, how much, how much time is Jordan Love going to get? Probably a lot. Um, but how much time is Danny Etling going to get? I don't know. Um, I would, I would be inclined to say the quarterback rotation is probably a little bit favors them, but you know, how much time is Trey Lance going to get? You know, does Nate Sudfeld play for the 49ers? They know what he can do. Or do they just throw in Brock Purdy and, you know, see if he can make a squad? I, you know, who knows? But That's the good question because I feel like it, no one knows exactly how long they're going to play Trey Lance because it's like Jimmy G is there. He doesn't need to play. They're probably going to trade him maybe at some point. But do you want your starter to play a lot because he hasn't played a ton? Or do you want to rest him? All I know is that Jordan Love will probably get about a half and Danny Etling will probably get about a half. And that'll be right at home for Danny Etling. That was like the halftime starter for the Purdue Boilermakers before transferring. The guy only ever played half the time. The highlight of his career, wrestler. Well, the highlight of my career every Friday with you, by the way. Please. (laughs) I digress. I mean, you know, but you know, Lafleur is. You know, I think he's two and five in the preseason. So, you know, what are you going to do? He's defeated in NFC Championship games, by the way. That's true. Zero and three. Dave, but give you, us a little. Yeah. Give us a little nugget. Then give us a little nug. Can I get a little nug? A little nug. I mean, I like the Lions tonight. I took them getting a point and a half. It's it's a pick in a lot of places. I mean, I just think Atlanta is a train wreck. Um, you know, I don't know how long they're going to play Mariota. I mean, I think that, you know, Arthur Smith wants to sort of recreate the magic he had in Tennessee, but Atlanta does not have um, a good running back as he had in, in Tennessee. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I think Detroit wants to win that game. I, I'm not sure. Atlanta may want to, but I don't think they can. Um, and, you know, and, and the, the line opened, the total opened at 32 and it's up to 35 and a half at some square places. So hmm. uh, I'm inclined. That's that's very unusual for an exhibition game. So, you know, if, if anybody's going to score a lot of points, I would be much more inclined to think it was going to be the Lions. If I was going to bet that, that San Francisco Green Bay game, Packers I would all bet day. Well, okay. Well, tease the Packers up to eight and a half. Then. Um, <laughs> um, I, would, I would take the 49ers on the money line because – I never lay more than one point in an exhibition game. Uh, and it's just it's just ludicrous. You know, you watch how many of these games are one-point games because, you know, teams teams don't want to tie. 
so they might score and tie it, and they'll they'll go for two. I mean, there's just a, a ton of of, of one point games, and you know, you even look at the the Patriots game last night. Could they have beaten the Giants if they wanted to? Yes, but you know, did Belichick want to see what his C team could do on defense in a in a moment that mattered? Yes. You know, did they keep him out of the end zone? Yes. But the Giants kicked the field goal to win on the last play, and and that's just going to happen yeah. time and time again. So you can you can you can. I just think it's more predictable than the regular season. I love it, Dave. I love the little nuggets from you. All right, so Dave, I want to get your opinion on this really quick. Rowdy came in here puffing the chest out a little more than usual. He's like, I got five picks today, and I love every single one of them. Rowdy, can you pick the one you love the most out of those five to see if Esler? Our guy Dave agrees with you. Well, weirdly enough, it's it's probably old friend Zach Davies and the Diamondbacks just just because he's been so good against Colorado, weirdly enough, in his career, and Senzatella has been so bad against the Diamondbacks, plus you're you're getting him at plus money. Dave? Um I have to respectfully agree. Oh, damn. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I love you. You know, I, I I know I know the Rockies kind of own Zach Davies, but I'm looking at the market and the tickets are 72 percent on Arizona, but the money is 73 percent on Colorado, and you know that's an overnight line, so there's not a ton of uh, money in the market, but the line is actually moving slightly towards Arizona, so you know you have to wonder. Um, I think by default, I would I would have to I would have to not start a fight with Rowdy. All right, yeah, that's probably not for the best because Rowdy never lets it go. He'll 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 keep burying and burying and burying until you know decades from now. Dave, I, water. I have, they bury you. <laughs> Dave, I have to ask. You've been looking at uh, you said NFL. You've been looking at over under season win totals for probably for a while now. You are a Patriots fan. What are we looking like for the uh, the year that is for the Patriots coming up here? What did Vegas set it at for the over under, and what does Dave Esler think? I think it was eight. I think they're expecting them to go roughly 500. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I used to have a pretty good read on them, but not much, not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess, you know, Belichick knows what Mac Jones can do. Um, I don't, you know, actually Bailey Zapp looked pretty good last night. Yes, yeah. my boy, Bailey Zapp. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think, you know, the pundits are all, thinking they're going to suck. Um, and I guess what is suck compared to, you know, 20 years of greatness, 500, maybe. I don't I don't think they're going to be as bad as everyone thinks. But then again, their first few scrimmages and whatnot, their their offense did not look very good. So, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, I would, I don't know. The homer in me would probably say over because, you know, even without Brady, Belichick's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I mean, think about that, Dave. Uh, how many guys can take a true rookie quarterback with a team that it's not like they have a ton of playmakers on the edges for that said quarterback and they still have a winning record. I mean, that's tough to do. Just look at, take an average NFL coach, give them a rookie quarterback and an average skill position on offense team at best. I bet they don't go 500. Bill Belichick goes above 500. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, they did, they did sign a few guys that, you know, I think they're going to be a little better. I mean, they signed Devontae Parker, um, you know. Kendrick we brought Ford him up earlier today. 
Yeah, well, good for you. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of Devontae Wyatt. I don't think they, I don't think they're going to totally suck. I mean, you know, they're 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 okay. Their offensive line is a little sketchy in a few places, but Dave, you know, who who's isn't? Dave, I can picture it now. I know you secretly enjoy it, but you won't admit it on these airwaves because you're a little bashful. You're going to be dressed green and gold, head to toe, with the cheese head on, watching the Packers take on the Niners tonight, and rooting hard for Jordan Love. I can already see it. You, you don't have to. No. You don't have to confirm it. I know. I know deep down you do. It's fine. Uh, no, I'll probably take the Red Sox and maybe Evaldi as an underdog at home tonight. And I'll probably, I'll probably take the Padres on the run line to crush the Nationals. That that kid Abbott pitching for the, the Nationals is not very good, and he's also not even really a starter. So I think he's giving up five home runs in ten innings this year. So you know, this just in—that's not good. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, we love you, man. Nice talking with you, brother. All right. Hey, hit him long, hit him straight for at least 13 holes. Can't promise you that. See you, Dave. <laughs> Bye, buddy. See you, buddy. <laughs> for at least 13 holes. Can't promise you any of that. The long, the straight, or I didn't 13 tell holes. Him, I didn't tell him that at all. Was ben uh, in he's got, he's ben got in his, his ears ear? through the street. Was Ben in his ear or something? Field of Dreams. Rowdy and I were ratting one off uh, baseball movies yesterday. We were just going on. We probably named like, what, 15 baseball movies? And then we, um, I think we ended on Mr. 3000. Then we started tapping out after that. But yeah, Field of Dreams, obviously baseball movie. And then last night, the Field of Dreams game. Rowdy watched the whole damn thing. Right, Rowdy? Well, it was super nice. I mean, you got to sit back. It was on national TV. It was on the big Fox. In this area, it's Fox 47. The game was three and a half hours long. It was perfect. You turn it on when you're right around dinner time and right before bedtime. It, it's yeah, ends. but you stayed up till like one in the morning. Oh though. yeah, but what were you doing? Up, but, what were you doing up so late? Looking up these great picks. Oh, no, you already got good picks coming up here at eight fifty for the Razor's Edge. Uh, another guy, I know that was I think watching the Field of Dreams game. Our guy Matt and Cross Plains, our resident one of our resident Cubs fans. Cubbies get a win. Matt fly the W four to two over the Reds. How's it feel? Oh, it feels great. It was a great uh, setting, obviously. Uh, you got to see the Griffey, Griffey guys. Yeah. Cool. Ha- having a catch before the game. Oh, come have a catch, uh, Pop. Let's go. Five Cubs Hall of Famers were there. Johnny Bench, uh, the guy from the Field of Dreams movie, got interviewed by Ryan Sandberg and said, aren't you glad they built the field? <laughs> if you uh, build it, so they will come. Funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, Nick Madrigal. Relearned how to hit, so that's good. That <laughs> um, was a cool experience, yeah. man. It's, it's nice seeing just playing in a cornfield. It's cool. And then you, uh, I think we got you to call in too over the major league game. Now, how cool yeah. would it be for the Brewers and change the name back to the Indians? Brewers versus Indians. Bob Uke on the call. That would, as Harry Doyle. Oh. How sweet would that be? That. Oh no, Matt, did we lose you? Gosh. Oh, you're back, I'll, Matt. I'll Matt, you, you call drop for a second. What did you say, buddy? Oh, I just said maybe Charlie Sheen could one-up uh, Tommy Lee's full frontal. You oh, know, dude. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't think Rowdy knows about this. Butt. Rowdy, do you oh, know what happened yeah. on Facebook yesterday? No. I. It was tough. It was a tough scene. <laughs> Let's just say, well, yeah. who, you know you know who Tommy Lee is, drummer Motley yes. Crue? You know, uh, you know like what the big thing is about him, pun intended? Well, I'm going to guess with the full frontal nude and now what you're talking about, I think I can put two and two together. His schlonger? He posted a, f- and unfortunately I saw it. Matt, did you see it? Yeah, yeah no, nobody really wanted to see it. but you It know, was forced like upon me. I didn't really care for it. Tommy Lee posted a, a selfie of himself, Rowdy, from the head all the way down to about his knees. 
And let's just say there was something hanging down to his knees that was wide open on Facebook to see. It was tough. Hey, one last thing. <laughs> underrated baseball Hey, he could have hit a home run of that thing. That's a stick on him. Jesus. <laughs> one last underrated baseball movie from the 80s. If you really want some drama and a, a good movie, it's called The Slugger's Wife. Have you ever seen that one? Ooh. Never I heard of not. it. Ooh, yeah. Check that one out. The Slugger's Great. Wife. Yeah. Michael yeah, really O'Keefe, Rebecca De... Oh, Rebecca De Mornay. Okay. Sure, Andy yeah. Quaid. Oh! Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Uh, other, otherwise, my other good one is Eight Men Out, obviously. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah, great one. So. Matt. All right, we, you guys. We have a good day, man. Love See you man. guys. Have a good one. And wash that image of Tommy Lee out of your head. Okay? See you, buddy. That was tough. Yeah, Rowdy, you, you dodged the bullet yesterday. I'll tell you that one. <sighs> Where was Pamela Anderson in that picture? All right. 608-321-1670. Rowdy, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Major League game before we get back to the Packers here. And yeah, I, so I tuned in from basically first pitch to the end of the game. Now, the game on the field itself, it was between the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds, two teams that are not playoff bound, two teams that aren't relevant really in, in the standings. But they're two historic teams. It's obviously the Cubs, who you know are going to draw well in Iowa since they have a big uh, yeah. minor league affiliate. Iowa Cubs, like that's a big thing in Iowa. Iowa doesn't have a professional baseball team. They kind of glob onto the Cubs, and and that's where they're at. Cincinnati being one of the most historic, oldest franchise in the sport. And like Matt kind of said, it it was cool. I thought, because you know how we were talking yesterday towards the end of the show, and we were like, you know, bringing Kevin Costner out last year was kind of a (laughs) cool touch. Yeah, we just needed it once, though. But it's only a one-time thing. I thought they followed it up really well with having Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. coming out of the corn playing catch. Yeah, have a catch. They did a, what was it, a Ray Liotta tribute. Yep, R.I.P. to Ray Liotta. They switched it up this year, and I think they made it interesting. Matt also talked about how they interviewed some of some all-time greats whether that was Fergie Jenkins or Johnny bet, like they interviewed a ton of other guys. It was cool to get their insight. And I don't know if you watched all of it, but they had a really good interview. I thought with Joey Votto while he was playing first base and Joey Votto talking about how he loved that movie growing up, loved playing catch with his dad. Unfortunately, his dad passed away at 14 years ago Uh when he was a younger guy. And he said, you know, he'd do anything to have a catch with his dad again. And then you're talking, you know, Major League Baseball and what it means because Joey Votto's not a young guy. He's 38 years old. He's coming up to the end of the career. I got, a little, I got a little clip here. Joey, your 16th year. Can we get you to 20? I, I was talking to Griffey Sr. before the game and I said, uh, I feel good. And he said, You look good. Keep going. And I said, How long did you play till? And he said, 41. And I said, How'd you feel? He goes, Well, I thought I could have played till I was 43. And I said, You have any advice? He said, Have fun. And I'm having a great time. I want to keep playing. Thanks for the time, guys. I got to go hit maybe a homer. <laughs> Joey Votto is really cool. I like Joey Votto. No, and, and Joey Votto, they were they were talking about on the broadcast how he has been s- such a good player for so long, and he's done it in so many different ways, whether it's being like a gap hitter or a guy that just gets on base or being a power hitter. Like, he's changed how he's went about. Well, that's how the, you stayed in the major so long. Exactly, how he's went about it. Now, I know he was injured this year a little bit to start the season, hasn't had the best year. Also, the Reds aren't having the best year. But it was really cool. Slick I thought uniforms last night. The one interesting thing that I, I did think listening to his interview was when he was talking about being in the big leagues because 
Nick Lodolo was the starting pitcher and the Reds kind of like the Brewers in 2019 trotted out three rookies into the rotation knowing that they're going to have to grow and they were talking about Nick Lodolo and his growth and like just in general Major League Baseball players growth Mm -hmm. and he goes it's crazy because once you get to the big leagues, you realize this is the nicest stuff ever. Well, like yeah. you get the best, everything you get the best videos. Exactly. He goes, you have everything here at the major league level to succeed. The two things that you need to one bring with you and then learn is one. You have to have the true talent and two, you got to find the mental side. Cause yeah. once you can put those two together, he goes, you have everything here at your disposal to be a great player. And it was just kind of interesting talking about how he was kind of like that guy that when he was a rookie was trying to figure things out. And he happened to be facing John Smoltz, who was now the commentator on the game and obviously a first ballot hall of famer, but it was, it was just really cool. And then just in general, the, the game was a decent game outside of uh, wasn't as good as last year's, but yeah. yeah, it wasn't a walk off like last year, but it was, it was a solid game. The fans were into it. There was a lot of old timers that were there, the so, great ball players. Here, I'm going to play another clip from Joey Votto, and I have a question for you about the game, Rowdy. Here's Joey Votto again on what being at the Field of Dreams means to him. Can you uh, just tell our audience why this is such a special, meaningful day for you? I, um, I actually Google searched uh, synonyms for special and exceptional came up, so I, I thought it was an appropriate word. Um, I um, used to play catch with my father from eight, nine years old, and uh, it was a daily thing. He wanted me to be a pitcher like John Smoltz, and um, we threw every day. He'd catch me. We'd uh, share that moment together, and, you know, he passed away about 14 years ago, and here I am at the Field of Dreams, you know, longing, longing for a catch with my father, but still basking in this with a smile, knowing that... Uh, you know, if he was here, we'd, he would have loved it, and we would have shared it together. So it's it's very much a full circle moment for me. Wow, that's 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 really cool, man. It pulls up the heartstrings right there. And now I saw people. You know, what's the one thing about baseball now that like you need to capture the younger generation to come into the game of baseball to really like the game of baseball? And I saw a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people on Twitter being like, "Oh wow, this." And I didn't agree with this at all, and didn't understand where it was coming from. But the field, the dreams game, they're like. They're alienating themselves with trying to bring in the younger audience by hearkening back to these old timers and all this old movies. And I'm like, I think you're so far off base with this because baseball is one thing. What's the biggest thing about baseball, Rowdy? Yeah, it's that they live on their history, history. and their statistics. It's America's pastime. And, like, you know, you know, baseball, I think, I think the older you get, the more maybe you appreciate baseball. It's more of like the thinking man's game, I'd say. Is, am I wrong in saying that? I think the older you get, the more you appreciate baseball. Well, I think when you watch the like this field of dreams game, it's cool because of that. But just the atmosphere there, it's not a huge crowd. No. It's, it's like more of an intimate. intimate crowd yeah. where it's only like 3000 people, but it's packed. And you, you look at everyone was excited to be there. You know how if you like pan in the stands at a lot of games where even if it's a decent crowd, you can find people that aren't paying attention at all. Yeah. Like the 3000 people that were there, they were excited and pumped to be there. Hell yeah. And the players like Joey Votto in the interview also mentioned how it was a little out of whack with their schedule. Cause they didn't get to the stadium until that day. Normally like you're there the night before or that morning, like they literally flew in right before game time, got warmed up, played. Now they have a day off and they're going yeah. to their next uh, road trip or whatever. So it was weird and irregular. And we know that 
professional athletes, especially in baseball, it's all about routine. routine, routine but he routine. goes, I would do that in a heartbeat again to play at this totally. field and to have this moment. Now, what else was crazy about now, you know, in the movie itself, you have like the ghosts come out, you know, just play a little ball. Did you see the hologram? The Harry Carey hologram? Yeah, he did the he did the take me out to the ball game in the Hi. seventh inning. We had Tupac's hologram many years ago at was that Coachella? Well, we had another hologram come out. What was the other hologram? Someone else did a hologram. I can't was it Prince? God, someone had a hologram. And now a Harry Carey hologram. The only thing missing is a beer in his hand. Well there's Harry Carey hologram at the Hall of Fa- or the Field of Dreams game. Wild. Now, they're not doing anything with it next year. No, nothing. They're doing nothing with it next year. This year, they had the game, the major league game. They had a minor league game. Oh, Last year, obviously, they had the White Sox and the New York Yankees, and they had that awesome walk-off. It was really cool. Not doing anything with it next year, which is strange for all the money that Major League Baseball has pumped into that area. But on the broadcast, they were talking about how it's extremely close to the actual Field of Dreams venue from yeah. the movie. That hologram and is crazy, dude. They're talking about actually extending it into building more of a complex for, like, little leaguers and high schoolers to have, like, legit Field of Dream tournaments yeah. right by the old field and the MLB stadium. That would be pretty cool, obviously, for uh, totally. kids in that tri-state area of, like, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, yeah, Minnesota really cool. that would probably be in those type tournaments. <laughs> day it is football so i think you if you can approach it the same way whether it's a game whether it's practice i think you're gonna have go out there and and play to your ability and and stay more composed and trust everything that you've been doing on a daily basis and i think that's always a trick and that's it's easy to say it's hard to do all right what's easy to say is packers first preseason game against the niners that's matt lafleur now with us the one and only mike clemens good morning mike Morning, Ebo. Hey, you know, the other day, Rowdy asked me a good question. He said, what do you think is the best pick that Brian Goodikins has made so far as GM? And, you know, because I think he was leaning toward Jair Alexander, who was a first-round pick in 2018. Um, you know, in Ted's last year, he took Kevin King as his first pick overall was at the top of the second round. And, you know, Kevin had a lot of injuries. There, He had some good moments. He had some pretty bad plays there along the way. But Goody was all over that pick because he was the scout for the Southeast at that time. So in terms of looking for bad ones, Josh Jackson, um, that was one of his picks, a second rounder who uh, last I heard was trying to make the team with the out in Arizona with the Cardinals. But for me, Rashawn Gary is going to look, I think he's going to look great this year. That's a first-round pick in 2019. And we mentioned if Jordan Love pans out as a starting quarterback, anytime you pick a starting quarterback, even if you use your first round, uh, I, I think that's a, a success story. But I'd have to say Elton Jenkins because he is so highly respected. He took in right away um, in, in his rookie year in 2019 when Lane Taylor couldn't hold back the Bears, and uh, Elton will come back from this ACL. But to be able to play all those different pot spots in the lines, and I just think Elton Jenkins is going to be around a long time. That might be the, the sneaky best pick to, to get 
late in the second round out of Mississippi State. I think one of the biggest disappointments for me was Jay Steinberger. Oh, oh. Sternberger from Sternberger, yeah. Sternberger from Texas oh, A&M. Stinky Burger. Hey, we we got a place in our hearts where we kind of don't like him because he may have said he was going to do an interview with us and, and then stood totally us stood us stood up. Stood us up, Mike. Then he was cut. So then he definitely was on the wrong side of the tracks. Well, that's ridiculous. Thank you. I know. That guy, I mean, he needed all the help he could get. <laughs> so he that's came why we in. threw him a bone, Mike, and then he totally said no. All right, so when he came in, he was kind of young. I think he just done the one year um, at Texas A&M. So, you know, off to the side, the scouts were saying, that, go easy on this kid. You know, he's, he's a project, but, you know, he's got really good hands, and we think he's got it. But just meeting him, he always looked like he was a high schooler who got off the wrong bus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, this is the wrong stop. How did I get here? Yeah. Is this, is, I'm sorry. I, I got off the wrong – I'm at the wrong school. I don't – my syllabus doesn't even match, the, you know, what I'm, where I'm supposed to be. And then they had this joint practice. When LaFleur came in, he just got drilled. I think the guy's name was Lonnie Johnson. And, you know, I had to leave with a concussion, so he took a hard shot. And he had some other injuries. I mean, he just – I, now he's he's in the Steelers camp trying to make that team after stints with the Seahawks and the Washington football team. But uh, yeah, that guy I I don't know what they saw in him because I never once Stunk. thought oh, what third round for this? Are you Stunk. kidding me? Stinks. Yeah, no good. Yeah. Brian Brian Gutekunst though, Mike, pretty good at what he's been doing so far. I mean, especially where the roster was when it was left uh, to the late great Ted Thompson. And and Goody was asked point blank um, the other morning about, all right, you know, we've been saying we see some good things from Jordan Love. What does the GM see about Jordan Love's progress that he's making each day in this training camp? Yeah, I think he's really stacked days, and I think you're starting to see a little bit more consistency. I think you always saw the flashes. I think you're seeing the more consistent day-to-day decision-making, um, confidence and letting it loose. When, when he sees it, you know, and not, not hesitating or maybe thinking twice. Um, I know Matt's talked a lot about just kind of, you know, things are slowing down for him a little bit. Um, but one of the things I've seen is when he, when he recognizes it, trusting it, and then just really kind of being more violent with his throws and just more, more, more intent uh, with what he's doing. So, Mike, I feel like Goody's always got to talk him up because that's like, that's like a legacy pick for Brian Gutekunst. You know, it's like kind of upset the apple cart with Aaron Rodgers. But, like, I need to see it. Well, look at the – I mean, do you want to be the GM right now and after Ron Wolf and Ted Thompson, after Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you got to come up with a quarterback? Tough. Tough. Hello. Tough. You know. It's a job for one type of man, Mike, and one type of man only, and that is a UWL graduate, what some people like myself call the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Only because maybe I did attend there and graduate from there. <laughs> as as sharp as Gudikins is, and I was you know talking to Ben about him last night. Really, I don't mind if this guy gets on and says that he's the pilot of the plane. <laughs> you know, he's a smart, mathematic kind of guy, and he, and and I've joked around with him about you know beer drinking, and he's oh yeah, we did a lot of that lacrosse, you know, and wink. Mm-hmm. So you know, but he's. He's he's one of those guys that he's got tremendous recall, you know, kind of a math and science guy, but you know he kind of lacked. I think he followed Ted Thompson too much in terms of oh, don't talk to your players. You don't want to get bet- between coaches and players. And where Rogers convinced him, no, you can't do that. You have to be part of 
the, the situation as well. You need to let me go on. You need to listen to me more and my input and what I'm seeing on the field. I could probably help out your scouts on who's more challenging than what you guys see just based on tape of practice. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think – but it was an interesting comment there. He said about he, he'd like to see Love make more violent throws, which is, you know, just whip that ball. You just, just make – be more Your decisive. Rip it real good. Use, yeah, use the arm. Take a shot. Uh, uh, so Jordan was – we talked to Jordan Love heading into tonight's game. And, you know, we said, uh, you know, are there times where it looks like, you know, you've moved the ball – You've you've clocked it, you know. You got ten seconds left, and now you're looking for that that uh, receiver over the middle to try and get a touchdown, as opposed to a pick or deflected. And he's you know he's asked, are you just sometimes torn between you know throwing the bullet or protecting the football and taking the hit when under pressure in practice? There's obviously still times where I'm you know trying to let it rip, trying to make you know throws around people when you know you might want to just find a checkdown in that situation. And, the situation is, you know, throwing it away. I think in practice we try and just continue to play the play as much to work scramble drill and work different things. So that will come out more in the game, I think, you know. But, yeah, during practice you try and let it rip, try and make those plays. But uh, it's something that I just need to keep working on. Needs a little John Daly in a mic. Grip it and rip it. That's what I like to hear. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Not to say that Jordan should show up in, in loud plaid pants and smoke <laughs> cigarettes on the sidelines. That'd be kind of cool, though. Yeah. There'll be a lot of guys rested tonight. Um Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will not play. You're not going to see Sammy Watkins in his number 11 jersey out there. Matter of fact, after the last practice, they did a walkthrough yesterday before they got on the plane. LaFleur called a little meeting, and we realized he was talking to all the veterans that were not going to play, like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And uh, now, the, and the starting defensive line probably not going to get in there because they look so good, and they're in their prime right now. The starting offensive line, all these young guys, they will play. And I want you to look for this number 50, Zach Tom, when he gets in there, maybe with the second wave. You want to see how Jake Hansen is doing the right guard position. And, and Josh Myers, you know, missed a lot of time last year. He's now wearing this big knee brace after that injury last year. So you'll see this young offensive line uh, start for Jordan Love. Uh, but, you know, you won't see Dylan or... Uh, or Aaron Jones in the backfield will be Patrick Taylor and some of those other guys. And it'll be Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs, you know, and, and some of these rookie receivers that they've brought in. Or Tyler uh, Austin, the, uh, uh, the, the tight end, uh, that they're, Tyler Davis, rather. Um, they're looking at him along with Josiah DeGuara at tight end. Dominic Daphne had a knee injury. He may not be out there. Let's see. And then on the, on the back side, It'll be uh, Adrian Amos and, and Darnell Savage. Savage has got a hamstring. They're not going to play. Hmm. Neither of the corners were Sewell or Jair. So it'll be these young corners and guys looking for those second and third team spots in the secondary. So, you know, I go to Rodgers and say, you know, does this get back to the old thing about risking injury to veterans versus getting them in a preseason game up against a good team like the 49ers? That's, I mean, that's the question. You know, there's injuries in football all the time. So it's kind of a no-win situation to the outside of the building. And if somebody gets hurt, oh, I can't believe they played our guys. But if we go out and have a stinker, I can't believe they didn't play them. So I think it just you just got to do what's best for, for the squad. I don't want to just go out and play three plays. That, to me, is a waste of time. Friday night, Jordan will be in the spotlight. 
Has he gone through as much ridicule or criticism or doubt that you did from 05 to 08? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's always pressure on a first-round pick. The tracks are looking more similar by the day. You know, him being in his third year and me waiting behind Brett for three years, something clicks in at some point, and the game slows down, and you and you make the plays that you know you're capable of making, and I look forward to watching him on Friday and, and against the Saints as well. The most important thing for a quarterback is that confidence, and the confidence comes from the consistency and the fundamentals and making plays in practice and feeling good about the offense and, and all the things that are expected of you. But, you know, I think all of us come along at our own pace. I needed, you know, the years to get to where I was at. Whether the criticism was equal in 05 and 06 and 07 for me as it was for him, I don't know. You know, some of that uh, you kind of move past as you've had success. But, um, but I'm excited for him. Uh, this preseason, I think he's had a really nice camp, made some good throws, more consistent with his fundamentals, and and I, I hope he goes out and balls out. Mike, I think uh, listening to Aaron Rodgers there, clearly he doesn't think that uh, Jordan Love has had more criticism than him, or I think he would have said that. But <laughs> just kind of off of some of the players that you named that weren't going to be playing, I think that's kind of telling in the wide receiver room. I think I would feel very confident if I was Sammy Watkins that I was being told, hey, we're not going to play you today. I feel like I would feel that I'm probably kept at that point because he was one of those guys that might have been on the line of maybe they would get rid of and cut. That was some of the whispers. That's a good point. And the other thing is that I realize now why Dobbs, the rookie, number 87, a fourth rounder, has been playing with his hair on fires because it doesn't take long to be in the room and say, wait a minute, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, they like Winfrey, Amari Rogers is a high draft pick, Malik Taylor has made the team, holy sm- all of a sudden I'm fifth or sixth here. I mean, I've got to make a case to get on this team, and, and it may in fact be with his kick returns, even though he has flashed nearly every day for the first you know, two or three weeks of practice. On the other side of the football, it'll be Trey Lance at quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan was asked point blank, so what does Jimmy Garoppolo do with this operation these days? Uh, Well, he's at home. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've even given him a playbook. He's doing subway commercials. He's (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're just waiting for the phone to ring. It's very strange. But they've moved on, and, you know, Kittle says – Hey, you know, Jimmy took us to the playoffs, and he's a good quarterback, and he's a starting quarterback. But, you know, Trey Lance is more athletic. So Kyle Shanahan was asked, how has Trey Lance looked so far in camp in year two, like up against that 49ers defense led by Fred Warner? He's gone kind of how you expect it. I mean, how you do with every quarterback. You know, I think he's had some real good days. He has had a couple rough days. Um, thought he had a rough day his last practice, which um, was going to be good to see how he bounces back today. Um, but I've been real pre- pleased with Trey and real pleased with all three of them. What were the, it looked like there were some accuracy issues, but when you're reviewing that practice, what stuck out as far as, okay. Um, the turnover that he made to Fred and the turnover that Nate made backed up. Those were the two ones that bothered me the most. Um, you're going to be off on some throws and stuff, but you can still win games when you're off on throws. So you can't win games when you turn the ball over, and it was mainly the turnovers. Yeah, we were curious, Mike, to see how long uh, Trey Lance would be playing in tonight's action since he is going to be you know, their guy. Probably two and a half quarters because they've got two other quarterbacks behind him. And that's Kyle Shanahan, who I think is an, an interesting story. I mean, you know, Sunday, when, after he wins his Super Bowl or two, 
Um, you know, he'll be one of those a football life guys because he's grown up around the game. And, you know, Mike Shanahan is his dad, the guy who took over the Broncos and salvaged John Elway's career. And now after, even though Elway had been to the Super Bowl a couple times, finally they won it with that running game mm. and great defense. And they beat the Packers, you know, in Super Bowl 32 out there in San Diego. And then they won again after that. So Mike Shanahan, though, before that, he was the offensive coordinator, first a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator for the 49ers under George Seifert when they won a Super Bowl with Steve Young. And so Kyle Shanahan was on that field when Bryant Young, you know, who just went into the Hall of Fame for the 49ers, uh, he talked about how great that training camp was and what it was like being a 15-year-old kid around the 94 Super Bowl winning 49ers with his dad as the offensive coordinator. Uh, I remember a lot of it. Yep. Most of the stuff I remember is football stuff, but that was such a fun year. I mean, they brought in William Floyd, um, bar none, competing um, um, with Rathman. Um, they had all the receivers. You had, I mean, then Dion wasn't there in camp, but I think he came week three. You had Ken Norton Jr. who just got there for the first year, which changed everything. You had older veterans like Gary Plummer coming in who were awesome. Richard Dent. Gave one of the rookie receivers his golf club for some fishing derby putting thing, and he dropped the golf club and it went in a lake. And he offered someone two hundred dollars that they'd go find it the next day. So the next day, I went over there with goggles and shoes and went swimming in that nasty lake um, and got that golf club and got two hundred dollars. It was awesome. For that, I mean, that was so cool. I mean, Ricky Jackson, everybody, Eric Davis. I mean, there was that was as cool of a thing to be around as I can remember. On your roster like that now that came in as rookies and didn't feel like rookies? Uh, Bosa. Yeah. Bosa's been a professional since three years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mike, rumor is you've been a professional since you've been three years old as well, covering these Green Bay Packers, yeah? Well, isn't it true now that when you play in some of these golf tournaments, if you get in the water hazard, you send an intern in there to get your club? Or well, Usually it's Ben. It's Ben Kenny. <laughs> so he's not an intern, but we, t- we send Ben to go get him in there. He complains about it, but he does it. So he brings he brings his goggles and snorkel just in case. We don't give him two hundred dollars though. That's way too much. And money. he goes a little bit nicer. He doesn't make him go look around in the ponds. It's just more the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we give him a little deet just in case. Okay, there you go. Those mosquitoes off. There you go, Mike. Good stuff. Uh, we're gonna be following along on your Twitter account, Mike Clemens NFL, and catch up with you next week, my man. Absolutely excited that that game one, even though it's preseason tonight, it feels so good. 7.30 tonight. Thank you, boys. You got it, Mike. Take care. Have a good weekend, my man. There he is, Mike Clemens. Good stuff. Yeah, listen. Not in the water, per se. More of the woods, because that's usually where I'm trying to kill a couple squirrels.